way that you speak to yourself matters. But we all know that navigating that inner critic can be challenging at times. And I want to help you learn how to change the way that you speak to yourself and become more mindful about your inner dialogue with the support of regular journaling. That's why I'm so excited to share the Feel Good Journaling Masterclass with you. It's my first ever masterclass and I'm going to be sharing all my tips on how I use journaling to reframe my self-talk and boost my confidence. I'll be taking you through my five-step process to reframing non-supportive self-talk through self-reflection and journaling exercises and giving you practical tips and ideas of things you can implement straight away to start improving that relationship with yourself. I'll teach you how you can flip those not so good feeling words, those phrases that you repeat to yourself that are just not helpful into power words and motivational affirmations that you actually believe in and that will keep you feeling empowered and uplifted as you face even the most challenging low confidence days. It's time to turn that voice in your mind into your own motivational coach instead of your worst critic and journaling can be such a powerful tool to help you unlock that. If you want to join me for the Feel Good Journaling Masterclass on Wednesday the 30th of November, head on over to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash masterclass to find out all of the details. I'm so excited to share all of my top tips with you guys. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash masterclass now or click the link in the show notes to register and save your spot for free. I can't wait to connect with you all through the amazing frameable virtual event space and to share all of my top confidence boosting tips with you. I am bringing big sister mode to this episode. I just have been messaging with one of my sisters about the topic of perfectionism, which we actually dived into last week on the podcast. So I'm going to channel all of that big sister wisdom, also just big sister venting into this episode of Fill Up Your Cup, which is about probably one of the most asked about or requested topics to cover on the podcast so far this season. And that is the topic of digital boundaries, digital boundaries in relation to work, digital boundaries in relation to our relationships with our phones and screens, and of course, digital boundaries in relation to social media. And when I started to think about how to tackle this topic, because so many of you had been reaching out and asking about it, and also when I talk about this on social media, the comments are always a flood of, where do I even begin with this? How do I start? You know, my job is an exception. I can't create digital boundaries. So there was so much, there is so much in this topic to dive into that trying to cram it all into one episode would just be chaos and just too much to think about. So we're splitting it into two. This is our first two-parter of the podcast, and we're going to be diving into digital boundaries and the impact technology can have on different aspects of our well-being, both positive and negative, because there is two sides to that coin, which has to be acknowledged. And we're going to be answering the question of how or where do we even start when it comes to 
setting digital boundaries in what is very much a digital age. And in this episode, which is part one of two, we're going to be looking at what that means for our work-life balance when so many of us now depend on technology for our work or work from home. How do we unblur those lines and create clear boundaries for ourselves? Let's dive into it. My name's Laura, a teacher turned creator, but you can think of me like your new internet big sister, and each episode of Fill Up Your Cup like a deep and meaningful conversation in the form of a voice note from a friend who never wants you to feel alone in what you're going through. Whether your confidence cup is dried up or your self-love cup is looking a little closer to empty than full, I'm going to teach you how to add more feel goodness back into your different cups and as a result, your life. So pop in your headphones, cozy up with a warm cup of tea or whatever takes your fancy and let me troubleshoot your problems with you because together and with the right mindset, we can face anything. So I want to start with a listener's question again today. This was one that was left in the suggestion cup, which if you want to add a question or a story or something that you'd like covered on the podcast, you can add to the suggestion cup or the suggestion box by going to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast. That link is always in our show notes and you can add to it, share your questions, share your stories. And this question comes from Abigail. So Abigail says, I want to find ways to tackle, if that's even possible, finding a balance between work and life as self-employed. Strategies to help switch off or get better at separating work and life. Being able to work from home and phones means that finding that separation is tricky for me plus the guilt of not doing everything right now. The whole work-life balance as a freelancer is definitely something I'm still working on, so I would love to hear your thoughts on it. I loved Abigail's question because it's something that I can definitely relate to in my first year out as a freelancer. I'm just coming off of one year of working completely for myself as my only job, and so I completely, completely relate to this question, But I also love it because I think that this is something that's applicable not just to freelancers or those of us who are self-employed, but also those of us who are doing the work from home thing or part-time work from home thing because a lot of companies now do a lot of like hybrid working where some of it is work from home, some of it isn't. And then just in general, even if you don't work from home, if you work from office, that point of our phone's connecting us to our work and that being so difficult to balance is something that I think everyone can relate to in 2022. So this is just one of many different questions around the same topic of that balance of work life when our work is always on our phones or always on our devices. How do we create those clearer boundaries for ourselves. A work-life balance and how our relationship with technology has changed that is something that I feel very passionately about. But it's also something that I recognize can be one of those easier said than done topics. It's very easy to talk a lot about why we need work-life balance and why we need 
better boundaries when it comes to technology. But it's a whole other thing to implement better practices around that. Because as I've said in numerous episodes already this season, breaking unhealthy habits or establishing new habits takes time and repetition. And that can be especially hard when it comes to within a work community or culture where those habits are not just yours, but also at this point, maybe a part of the work culture and something that all of your colleagues are doing, all of your leadership team are doing. And it's hard to be the one who starts to tackle that if nobody else is is talking about it or if no one else is willing to recognize the well-being issue, the underlying well-being issue of not creating these clearer boundaries. There's a lot of feeling around, I can't do this because of where I am in my work, where I am in my career, what my job is. But it's also important to reflect on the fact that this lack of boundary around communication and how technology allows us to communicate with each other and to continue that communication outside of working hours. It's a very new thing. It's still relatively new, but yet we've accepted it as a norm so quickly because of things that have happened in the last couple of years that have just caused us to need to make exceptions. And it can be really hard to start being the one who talks about it at work, being the one who challenges it, especially if you're not in a leadership position or role, especially in 2022 today when we find ourselves in a time where the risk of losing our jobs or our means of an income is too terrifying to even consider. And we feel it's a lot easier of an option to just stick with things the way they are. And so a lot of the time we put up with things that are pushing us to the limits of our stress. But we also know here on Fill Up Your Cup that finding ways to preserve or restore our energy or fill back into our different well-being cups, that allows us to show up more meaningful in other ways, in other areas of our lives, so that if we set healthier boundaries around technology and around work and our personal life, we actually create space for filling back into our cups and then feel more able to show up meaningfully to our work when it counts. So really creating that boundary, creating that separation, creating space to allow yourself to take a break from your work will in turn allow you to do your work better because you are giving yourself that mental break and that balance. That's the catch here. So as we navigate this fast paced change that is technology at work and it's changing and evolving so quickly we also need to take a step back and consider its impact on our well-being and actually our ability to show up and do our jobs in the best way that we can this episode of fill up your cup is intended to inspire and empower you on your self-care and emotional well-being journey. I am not a doctor, psychologist, or health professional, and the advice, tools, and resources shared in this episode should not be used in substitute for professional mental health support. If you or someone you know is struggling with managing mental health, please speak to your doctor and explore some of the support sources and resources linked in the show notes. Now, back to today's episode. 
When I reflect on my own relationship with work and technology, I graduated only nine years ago, which yes, it's not a short amount of time. It is nearly 10 years since I graduated, but 10 years. And when I think about, first of all, how I was trained about using technology at work when I was in university to where technology was by the time I left teaching last year, so much changed in that space of time. So much more than I think anyone who was training me when I was at university could have predicted would have changed. That's just the advances of the technology in terms of, but the other change that I saw really throughout my time as a teacher and and throughout the last nine years since I graduated was this change in terms of technology and communication. When I started teaching, I had, yes, a work email. We had a shared drive, but it could only be accessed properly when you were on site. There was a way to do it remotely, but it was really bad technology and you had to do it remotely from a school device and it was really just glitchy and it didn't work all the time and it was a really common thing for a message to go out on a Saturday or Sunday where the shared drive or the remote drive had crashed and so people who were doing planning at the weekend were not able to access their documents from school. Compared to the next school that I worked in, we used Google Drive. We had full remote access to all schools' uh, documents from our work devices, but also our personal devices if we wanted to sign in because it was signing in through Google with your work email. And I mean, even the thing that used to blow my mind about that was our printers were connected to Google. So if I was at home and I realized I needed a worksheet the next morning, I could print things from home. I could print them at home and they would be printed out at the printer when I got to school the next morning. The other side to that, of course, is what was the impact on that as a worker? So I'm using, again, I'm always using the example of education and school because that's my background and my experience. The impact that I saw on the more that technology got integrated into our work systems and how we worked with our students was that the line became blurred in terms of where work ends and where personal time begins. That idea of being logged into your work accounts on personal devices. I can think of a time when that wasn't normal and when it was actually really difficult to do, to log into a work email from a personal device, flash forward to now or flash forward really to 2020 when everything changed, where for a lot of us, we had no choice but to log into work accounts, work emails, work apps on our personal devices so that we could work. The lines have become blurred because our access to work, to our colleagues, to our workplaces and our accounts has become easier. It's so easy to log in, to check things, to change documents remotely, to pop off an email to a colleague on a Saturday. And that's not even taking to cons- taking into consideration those of us who actually work fully or partially remote. Your norm is work at home. So how do you create separation when your work and your personal life coexist with each other in the same space? 
flexible working hours, flexible working, working from home. That, that's the dream for many. It was, it was the dream for me. And I thought that when I would get to a point where I could work for myself and work from home, I would never be stressed again. I would never have to worry about work-life balance because I would be in control of my working hours. But... I'm in control of my working hours <laughs> and I've learned the hard way this year that that doesn't always work to my well-being benefit. And right now I can hear you say, well, we know all this, Laura, we're, we're literally living this every day, but how do we change it? What actionable steps can we take to create better work-life digital boundaries? And it's the perfect time, I think, to reflect on this and to consider what we could do and to trial out a few things because we're in the last two months of the year. So now is the moment for establishing new ideas or habits without feeling like you're turning your whole routine upside down. I'm going to share with you 10 practical things that you can do to establish some work-life boundaries. None of these are hugely difficult to do. These are small changes that can make big shifts in how you have that balance of work life and where you create that divide that your phone has blurred because it keeps you connected. And these are practical things that I encourage you to trial out when it comes to technology and work life boundaries in the next few months to see how they feel, see which one makes the biggest impact or feels the best or even which feels uncomfortable because sometimes that's a really clear indicator of what you need to lean into more and look at more closely and make the biggest change in. So let's dive in. Here are 10 practical things that you can try out before the end of the year to make an improvement in your work-life balance and set some digital boundaries. Number one, if you have work devices only log into your work accounts on those. Now, this is becoming more of a norm, but I also know there are exceptions where you do have work accounts, but your job doesn't give you a work device that you can take away from work, let's say. But in the situation where you do have that, which is a lot more normal now, try and set yourself that boundary of only being logged into work accounts on your work device. If there is a situation where you feel like you need to do work outside of work hours or be able to access your work accounts outside of work hours, then it means you have to bring that device with you. And so the boundary kind of exists in the physical form of that device. That's where you are connected to work. If that device is at work, then you've created a separation for yourself. Number two, if you do log into your accounts on personal devices, log out at the end of each day and at the weekends. Again, this creates a boundary. The boundary is you're not going to get notifications about emails coming in because you're not logged in during the time. So log out when it's outside of your work hours on your personal devices. Unless you have a contract that stipulates you need to be connected to a work email at all times, then you shouldn't be logged into that work email at all times on your personal device. Because usually in the situation where you do need to be connected to those accounts all the time, you should have a work device that allows you that access, even if it's just for privacy reasons. And there's a lot of privacy protection in a lot of different areas of a work. So even for that reason, 
log out of your work accounts on your personal devices outside of working hours and at the weekends. Number three, look at your notification settings for work apps and for personal um, apps as well. There's a lot of, of different things that you can play with. You can mute uh, notifications. You can mute them for certain times of the day. You can silence them. A big one here is WhatsApp. I know there's a lot of people who have work WhatsApps. And then you also use WhatsApp for personal messaging as well. So you can't or you might not feel comfortable com completely muting WhatsApp notifications because then you might not see messages from other people or you would have to manually go and open the WhatsApp app every time you wanted to see if you had a message, which is not how we're used to messaging working. But you can also choose to mute certain group chats. So for example, when I was working and we had a WhatsApp group for work and we had different WhatsApp groups for different departments within work, I would mute those group chats outside of work hours and at the weekends. So I would still, if my fiance sent me a message, if my mom sent me a message, if my sister sent me a message, I would get those notifications. But if someone was messaging into the work group chats, those would not light up my phone. I would have to manually go and check them and I would manually go and check them in the morning when I was on my way to work because that for me was an appropriate time to check work messages. 10 p.m. on a Sunday night is not an appropriate time in, in my work-life balance, in my personal boundaries to be messaging into a WhatsApp group. So again, that's for you to choose when your boundaries are, when you should be, or when you feel comfortable checking those work chats. So there's those work message groups that are a little bit more casual, but also ways that we communicate with our colleagues in emergency situations or if someone's sick and you've got to cover someone, but you can choose to mute those groups and still receive other notifications. So look at your notification settings. You can silence work emails on the weekend. You can silence work chats and you can control what lights up your phone and what doesn't. You do have control over that. Now, number four is a personal favorite of mine when it comes to emails. A lot of the time what comes up is, well, I feel like if I don't answer the emails, it looks like I'm ignoring the emails. And here is my favorite fix for that. And that is auto response, out of office, auto response. I see a, a lot more workplaces using this and implementing it within their communication policies that when you're not in your office, when you're not going to be answering emails, that you should have an auto response turned on, an out of office auto response. So I would recommend that you should be setting up an auto response that you turn on on a Friday evening that will go out to anyone who emails you between Friday evening and Monday morning when you get back to the office, if you have a traditional weekend or whatever your day off is, to let people who are trying to reach you know that you are not in the office. Your auto response should also clearly outline your working days and times or the times that you tend to check emails so people will know when to wait for your response. If you work in a position where someone might need an urgent response, it's also a good idea to include an alternative point of contact that they could contact next that is available for contact. So don't overstep someone else's boundaries by putting their work email in and going, well, I'm not in work now. You can email this person. Make sure it is someone who 
it's part of their job to respond to those urgent emails. You can use your auto responses at the weekends. You can use them when it is holiday periods, but you can also use them every day. You can have different templates that you have written up that you can copy and paste in. So if you're trying to establish clear boundaries around emailing, and this is something that you struggle with a lot in your role, either with your colleagues or within your workplace or within people that you work with outside of work, so whatever your role involves, you could also write up a template that you turn it on every evening at six or whenever you finish work until the next morning. So if someone emails you from a different part of the world, let's say, or outside of your working hours, which is probably the problem that you're facing, your auto response will go out to them. So it can be a gentle but firm acknowledgement of their email going, I'm sorry I missed you. These are my working hours and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I'll be back in the office at this time tomorrow and that's when I check my emails. So you don't have to be blunt. It doesn't have to be a cold template that you just copy and paste off of Google. It can be personal. You can have different versions of this auto response that you save somewhere and paste in to fit different days, different periods. And you can really make it personal and and express that this is part of something that you do for your personal boundaries. Um, When I turn on my one, I actually include that within it. So when it's a holiday, I'll just say I'm away from my desk because I believe breaks from technology is good for our overall well-being but I'll be back at my desk at this date and I'll be sure to get back to your email as soon as possible so you can make it as personable and as friendly as possible so that when someone receives it it doesn't feel like they're being ignored or that they're being told to leave you alone but it really just communicates a boundary because a boundary cannot just exist from your point of view. A boundary will only work if you create the boundary and communicate the boundary so other people know that the boundary exists. And your auto out of office response is a really great way to create and develop boundaries when it comes to emails. On a flip side of that, number five, if you do like to do emails outside of working hours. If you do admin or emails at home because that works with your schedule or it allows you to focus on other things when you are at work, be mindful of the fact that that might not be the the same for someone else's uh, schedule. My second favorite tool and tip when it comes to digital boundaries that relate to emails is the scheduling function when sending emails after work hours or at the weekends. So if you are someone who likes to check your emails on a Sunday night and start replying to emails that might have been there from Friday or over the weekend, it doesn't mean that you have to send them so the other person receives them when you're doing that. You can use a scheduling tool Um, Google has an automatic scheduling tool built into it. A lot of email apps and suites have a scheduling tool built into it. It's usually beside the send button as like a drop down menu or like a little clock symbol. Have a look around whatever email program you use, but look for the scheduling tool and figure out how to use it so that if you're answering your emails on a Sunday or a Friday night or any time outside of general work hours, schedule that email to send the following morning or the next working morning. So it will still deliver to that person at the start of their working day if it's something you need them to see at the start of their working day, but it's not delivering 
to someone at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night and sending them into an anxious spiral because they're receiving work emails outside of work hours that is eating into their personal time. Number six, if you use an iOS device, this one is for you. I feel like this is one of the most underrated features of the more recent iOS update. I'm talking about focus modes. I don't see enough people talking about focus modes. And whenever I share this with someone on, on Instagram or in a conversation, it just like blows their mind that this exists. So focused modes are the kind of extended version of what used to be do not disturb on iPhone. Do not disturb was a way that you could silence and stop your phone from vibrating and stop it from lighting up. So when you were on do not disturb, it was the equivalent of being on airplane mode, but your phone was still connected to the internet and your data. So messages would come in, emails would come in, but your phone wouldn't notify you that they were coming in. So when you next picked up your phone to manually check it, then you would see all of your little notification bubbles on your home screen and you could go and look at what's come in. But now iOS have extended that and there's all different kinds of focus modes and it is one of my favorite things that they have rolled out recently because you have so much control over what notifications you get from who and when. You can set up focus mode to, for example, mute personal notifications during work hours. So if you don't want to be seeing WhatsApp messages coming in from friends when you're at work because that's distracting if you don't want to see your social media notifications when you're at work that uh, because that might be distracting in your work mode you can mute or block notifications from social media apps you can block them from specific contacts and you can block you can you can also choose how you block them are they just going to be silenced are they just not going to come up on your home screen at all there's a separate folder that they can go into. So you can click on that, which says while in work, and it'll show you the number of notifications that are not relating to work apps. And then you can choose what apps do notify you. So for example, you might want to still receive banking notifications or notifications that relate to work emails. And then of course, the amazing flip side to that is there's a personal focus mode uh, and you can schedule these to turn on and off by the way, which is amazing. So you can set up that work mode comes on from let's say eight in the morning until six in the evening. And then personal mode comes on from six in the evening until nine and then bedtime mode comes on from nine until whatever time you get up the next morning so there's you can schedule these different modes you can have weekend mode if you want and you can choose as I said which apps notify you during these different times in these different modes how they notify you is it sound on is it sound off is it dark screen is it uh, full screen does your screen light up it's there's so much that you can control with your focus modes and you can schedule them to come on based on your schedule. So you never have to worry about apps notifying you at the wrong time or missing notifications that you need to see when it's work time because you might have muted them at the weekend. So if you have iOS, please, please explore focus modes. I did a YouTube tutorial on these when they came out and I'm going to link that in the show notes because I go through the step-by-step -step guide of how to set them up and also the some of the errors that I made originally setting them up, which was completely blocking all phone calls from coming into my phone. So I take you through how to do that and how to avoid accidentally blocking all of your contacts. Number seven, 
This is for you who are working remotely. If you do work remotely, power off work devices after work hours and especially at the weekends. It's a really easy, simple task to do. It's a really small thing that can make a big difference. If you have work devices and you work remotely, this is kind of a further step to logging out of work accounts during personal time. But if you have work devices, turn them off when it's not working hours. Then you can't get notifications. You are not at work. It's the equivalent of the time when we only had a work computer that was a desktop that was plugged in at our desk at work. When we went home, we didn't have access to that because it was plugged in at work. And I know for some of you who might be listening, you might not be able to remember a time when that was the norm. But for a lot of us, that was the norm. So if you do work remotely and you have work devices, turn them off. Turn them off when it's not working time. That's a clear boundary. Again, it's a very physical representation of a boundary, which is really helpful for you as you are establishing the boundaries and building these healthy habits. Number eight, if you work for yourself or you manage your own work hours, plan out those work hours in advance. So either the week before or at the start of the day, And set reminders if you need to, to help you stick to them. So if you go over because of a deadline and you say, okay, well, only an extra half an hour, snooze that reminder. Kind of the same as you would an alarm. Have an alarm that says, this is the end of the day. This is the time that we now need to log out of work accounts, turn off our work devices. If you see that reminder or that alarm goes off and you go, I really need another half an hour. If I was working in an office, I would stay another half an hour, snooze that alarm and keep going your other half an hour if you need to. But make a deal with yourself that you're going to claim that time back from somewhere else. So either finishing a half an hour another day, a half an hour earlier, when you have all of your work done, or just saying I'm going to finish a half an hour earlier tomorrow because I'm doing this extra half an hour today. So find your balance in managing your own hours, especially if you work for yourself. Find that balance. Give yourself working hours if you are struggling with that work-life balance. I know that a lot of people working for yourself, you do it because you wanted to get away from the traditional nine to five. You don't have to do the traditional nine to five, but work out how many hours you want to be working in a week, what that is when you break it down day by day. And if you do go overtime, claim it back somewhere else. And if you want to learn a little bit more about managing your own time and claiming back your time, go back and listen to our episode on that. I'll have it linked in the show notes as well. Number nine is ask about email and technology communication policies at work and find out what the expectations are around these. And if you're in a leadership role and you're listening to this, if you're in any form of a leadership leadership role at work and you recognize that there are communication struggles in your workplace and lack of boundaries as well be the one who makes that suggestion that these policies may need to be revisited or explored again or updated based on how technology has changed in your workplace in the last couple of years having no boundaries around when we answer emails doesn't actually improve communication within a workplace. Having clearer guidelines and boundaries around what the expectations are around how many emails you should be sending, when you should be sending them, when you should answer an email from a work colleague, having clear boundaries around that 
helps everyone know when they need to be doing things, what they need to be doing, and and improves that communication really so that there's clear lines of communication to follow. And it's not that someone is always sending it in the WhatsApp group and someone else is sending it on an email and someone else is posting it on a bulletin board and then all of your colleagues and your team members have several places that they need to check for the same information. So if you are not a leadership person, ask about what your email technology and communication policies are if it's not clear to you at the moment. And if you are in a leadership role, I encourage you to reflect on that point right now. When was the last time that you with your leadership team and your fellow colleagues looked at your communication policies Did you look at them since 2020? Have you updated them? Have you changed them? Have you considered where lines are blurring and what's not working? And finally, number 10, plan downtime for yourself, your family, your friends, or your partner that is specifically phone-free, screen-free time. Whether that's going out for a walk or doing a local trail or going for a picnic or hosting a phone-free board game night, something that allows you to create a routine around valuing screen-free time and real connection with the people in your life. So boundaries around technology and that work-life balance, it doesn't have to always be so serious, so heavy about how do I stop my colleagues emailing me outside of work hours. It also needs to focus on that balance of if I'm taking back this time for myself, am I taking back time for myself just to look at a phone or am I going to create opportunities with the people that I care about in my life to really connect, to have opportunities that are not just sitting watching another Netflix show or sitting beside each other scrolling on your phones. Try and plan things that are screen-free time that allow you to have that wonderful human person-to-person connection and start to create value around that in your life with the people you share that life with. So those are just 10 mindful actions that you can try. Which one are you going to be trying first? Which do you think will be the easiest to try or implement into your life? And which is your gut instantly saying no to right now? Because you should lean into both of those feelings. Lean into the easy changes because they will give you quick success and it will feel uplifting to see that success. But also lean into the more challenging feelings because they can be a sign of what needs to change the most and what needs your most attention. As always, I'd love to hear from you, hear your experiences um, about this. So reach out to me, send me a DM on Instagram. You can find the podcast as at fillupyourcuppod or drop me a message in our suggestion cup over on laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast. As always, both of those are linked in the show notes. I want to know what you struggle with the most when it comes to digital boundaries and social media because that's exactly what we're going to be tackling next week in part two of this big topic until then be kind to your minds lovely listeners if you made it to the end of this episode i want you to take a moment right now and remember that you are worthy of feel-good feelings 
If you want to submit a question for a future episode or add to the suggestion box, you can do so by heading to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or simply by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also leave me your questions, episode suggestions, or just let me know what you think of this episode by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you liked this episode, don't forget to rate or review it on whichever app is your favorite place to listen to podcasts. You can't pour from an empty cup. So give yourself a big hug from me right now and promise me that you will do one thing today that brings you joy. Thank you.